live from Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo all offered up by a panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight featuring commentary by Bruno Barron, Senior Fellow at the Heartland Institute, Art Sear, A.W. Clawson Professor at Carthage College. Mike Miller, economist from DePaul University, and Doug Truax, West Point graduate and U.S. Army captain retired. Our program tonight coming to you from our own base at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago. There is no TV or video portion of our program this evening. However, our toll-free lines remain open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. If you'd like to email me a comment, it's Bruce Dumont at museum.tv. And if you want to tweet me a comment, uh, you can tweet it at, at Dumo, at D-U-M-O. And by the way, for those of you who may be watching or listening on Facebook or on Vimeo or on YouTube, uh, there will be a television show that will be playing uh, its last week's TV show. That will be p- playing on those platforms tonight. But if you're, hearing, if you're hearing me speak, we're live and we're taking your calls at 1-800-723-8289. Yet another very, very busy week. Uh, we've got great guests with you this evening. But of all the big stories, the Supreme Court decision, Trump going to Europe, uh, the blow-up with NATO, Peter Skorich, the FBI uh, investigations, the indictments of 12 military people, another huge week in American politics. And Doug Truex, let me ask you, I'm going to ask everybody, in your in your world, what was the most significant political issue uh, last week? Doug, you are a Republican, former U.S. Senate candidate, 2014. What's your answer? Well, it was a busy week. Uh, I think that... Um I think Trump going to NATO and telling them they got to step up and uh, and sending the message to Putin uh, about the Germany um, pipeline. I think that that to me was he's in the process of resetting decades and decades of you know creeping internationalism, and uh, I don't think he's has any intent of backing out of NATO or anything like that. But I think there definitely is a moment here where he's saying, look. It's not all going to fall on us. You guys need to step up and at least get to the 3% on your GDP. Art Sear from Carthage College. Art, nice to have you with us. Well, thank you, Bruce, for the invitation. Um, how did you see all the events of last week? What was the most important to you? Uh, the sur- continued survival of British Prime Minister Theresa May um, and the ability to keep her government together behind a relatively flexible Brexit plan or plan for leaving the European Union. Contrary to the lot of, a lot of press, especially in Britain, I think uh, it's important, and there's more uncertainty there than I believe in the NATO alliance or regarding uh, relations with Russia or what's happening in the Baltics. Mike Miller, economist, DePaul University. Nice to have you back. Your 61st appearance, right? That's correct. Oh, wow, wow, you remember. <laughs> we <laughs> celebrated right. last time yes. you were on. Uh, biggest story to you? Uh, the Supreme Court nomination. Um, that's going to affect us in the short run and in the long run. It's going to affect my children. It is going to affect everybody in the country, and profoundly, in, in my opinion. And therefore, that what the only one reason I am so glad that Hillary Clinton is not president, and I did <laughs> not vote for Mr. Trump because of his trade policies and so forth. The one reason I'm glad he is there is because he gave us a list of people he was willing to choose. I think they were all very well thought out. I'm not an, I'm not a, a lawyer or anything, but they seem to be all fine people, and this this nominee is a fine person as well. 
Bruno Barron joins us. Uh, you are uh, a libertarian. You're, you're most times, yeah. Most of the time, you're. You I, I waver between sometimes a conservative Republican. But well, you're I'm, a I'm also an unapologetic social conservative on most issues, right. which actually goes against the libertarian brand. But uh, right. you know, I'm 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 I basically I'm like forty percent liberal uh, libertarian, forty percent conservative, and maybe twenty percent liberal on one or two issues. So, with that background, uh-huh. what was the biggest story for you last week? I think. Uh, I, I think the Supreme Court pick was a big deal. I don't know that it's as big a deal as everybody makes out. I mean, if if it would have been like one of the more aggressive picks, I think so. I think this was this guy has ties to the Bush family. I mean, this was the Bush pick. Yeah. You know, if Jeb had become president, um, this would have been one of his picks. Maybe maybe his second, maybe his first. Yes. So uh, this is Trump. You know. Look, we all understand that Donald Trump is something outside of the norm of what we've seen in politics for the last 80, 60, whatever years, uh, particularly in the West. But the idea that he is so far out of the mainstream as to be, you know, uh, labeled forever crazed and, and horrible is just, you know, I mean, the personality aside, whatever you think of that, he's a standard, a little but bit different president. Doesn't the Kavanaugh, wasn't the Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh pick, in my view, it, it locked in Susan Collins and Senator Murkowski mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even John McCain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it, 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 it secured his base, his, mm-hmm. his Republican base. Yeah. And I, I think that's why he didn't pick the uh, was named Coney Barrett, yes. the woman. I and, think you would and have she would possibly have been, lost uh, a couple uh, of people. I think a great choice. I would have liked it for no other reason than we would have some school other than Harvard and Yale on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And if he gets, uh, when he begin, becomes a, a justice, it'll be all Yale, all Harvard. Yeah. And she's, I think... Um, uh, Notre Dame. It would have been good to and see. Catholic. And, and Jews. And, yeah, Catholics and, and, no, Protestants. Catholics yeah, and Jews. And Jews. Yeah. And there are some right. Jews, yeah. And I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was just, I was pleased. Uh, and I think it's really cool. I think this may set a new standard that true uh, candidates who are serious about the Supreme Court mm-hmm. will give us a list before they, when they run for office. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that was a, a really neat idea. And I'm pleased to find that he is a man who actually lives up to what he promises, which which uh, presidents on both sides have never done. When you talk to your friends in academia, however, they must be beside themselves with the optics that came out of Europe last week. Uh, I haven't talked to them lately, but yes. I I happen to agree with Doug. It's one of these things. I would never say the things that he said to NATO, the way he said it. Being an academic, we just talk differently than, than Mr. Trump does. But in the back of my head, growing up as a, a, a son of the plumber in Pittsburgh, to have this guy say that you are gonna, you're going to pull part of the cart, too. You're not just going to sit in the cart. Yeah. And a thing that has always bothered me is uh, being a, a one who believes in a strong defense, being told uh, that we're practically evil for having such a large military. And look how much you spend rest, compared to the rest of the world. But one of the reasons we have to do that is because the rest of the world that we protect will not step up mm-hmm. and do the spending they need to do. And I think him saying that to them in such a bold-faced way, uh, in the back of my head I was clapping, and even though, again, he's not exactly Art, were guy. you clapping? No. I also I think so. I, I also want to emphasize the style is very different, mm-hmm. but the issues are continuous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, in 1949, the NATO alliance was established. In 1952, they had their first big comprehensive plan and established something called the Lisbon Goals for forced contributions. And n- no one 
uh, actually lived up to them. Since more adult people were running things in those days, in the United States at least, in my view, it wasn't just money. They actually had detailed plans concerning forces and weapons. This leads into a second point. Nobody has a tail as opposed to the killing teeth. Nobody has a tail as long as the United States military. Doug knows this. We have far more support forces than any other military in the world, including the British and the Germans. That's something to keep in mind when you're evaluating who's doing more. I want to talk about that and also about the the issue of money and the fact, as you say, they're not dues, but the, the, the investments have not been made for a long, long time. Other presidents have asked. This is a president that's asking in a much stronger way. Back shortly from Chicago, I'm Bruce Dumont. Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at briansellsthedesert.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Nice to have you with us. Uh, Doug Truex, let me, let me get your, your sense of, uh, of NATO's role. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously the, the president went there, was, was tough talking. Uh, but is there any doubt in anybody's mind that if, if NATO had to exercise, uh, you know, Resolution 5, that the United States would be there for it? Does anybody really question that they would be there for this? No, I, I think that we definitely would. And I think it... At least in Trump's mind, that's a bar that we would that's, – that's a bar we'd jump over. But in order for us to do that, he wants to feel and, – and by the way, he talked about this a ton on the campaign trail. And it's part of the reason he's president is because this goes to this political elite piece where mm-hmm. we're on the hook for, for a large majority of this yeah. from a combat standpoint and from a, a money standpoint – and uh, for the European political elites to stand on the sidelines and criticize every single thing we do, when the reality is we would, we would uh, carry the burden uh, mostly on this, I think that that's part of the play here so that if they can get to 2%, and I know on the way out he said, hey, let's make it 4 but I think if they can get to 2% and make it happen, then it, it makes it more palatable for us as a country and taxpayers to say, okay, well, we'll, 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 uh, we'll carry the heavy load here. But the thing that he said, I don't come back to the thing that he said was, you know, past presidents have asked you for this mm-hmm. and you have ignored them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, as you said, started in 1949. I mean, a lot of taxpayers don't like to be ignored. And that is one of the things that Trump said during the campaign. I'm going to you know, stick it in the eye of, of our NATO friends if they're not uh, paying their fair, fair share. Article 5 has been implemented once immediately after 9-11. Yeah. And they were there for us, including mm-hmm. French aircraft yeah. patrolling North America to free up our long-range stealth bombers mm-hmm. for um, it strikes in Afghanistan. The other thing is these people where we're based, we have very few troops left in 
Europe, but we had 300,000 during the height of the Cold War, during the 70s and a good part of the 80s. We couldn't have afforded them. We make our allies pay for them. We're like the Roman Empire. Since 1966, Lyndon Johnson cajoled, persuaded, browbeat, terrified the Koreans and the Japanese, as well as the Europeans, to start paying for our forces. So they pay for them, including a giant naval base at Yokohama. We take care of wages and salaries and retirement. Mm -hmm. But our allies pay for these troops, which is an important point to keep in mind, given the, the current debate. I think one of the, one of the problems, and we're, we're all talking about NATO as if it's still there to serve the same function. And I'm not convinced that it, I'm not convinced that it is going to serve the same function, or if it is, it's going to do it under, uh, under different terms. I mean, the, the Cold War is over. Um, Russia is clearly some kind of a threat, but they're nowhere near the threat uh, than when they had the Warsaw Pact sitting there with tanks and, and, uh, and, and troops re you know, ready to go to war you know, over Eastern or Western Europe uh, in a land war. So that's no longer the situation. And I think, you know, talk about Trump keeping promises. He was very, very uh, ambivalent during the campaign even about NATO. And one minute he said, yeah, I support NATO, and Article 5 is going to be fine. Yeah. And then the next minute he said NATO is obsolete. And I don't, I don't know that he's wrong that NATO is obsolete relative to its old purpose, but it might be very useful relative to some new purpose, depending on whether we can find out what that purpose is. So I think, this, I think the saber-rattling is, is um, warranted. And then at this, the same time, some of the stuff that Trump said, and like he, he would say one thing, but then the way he acted toward everybody afterwards and under the surface, and this was just one article, I wish I could cite it right now, but I can't, but that um, he's putting them on notice that this isn't going to go on forever, and it might not go on forever as, you know, I mean, so he may have destabilized NATO, and you could argue both sides that that's a good or a bad thing. But what, what happened when, uh, when Russia invaded uh, Crimea? Mm. Nobody. Not, what happened? They, well, they, they put sanctions on them. Mm. Yeah. But and again, where was NATO? There was no. What, was, right. what, what did they do? Nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing. But I don't know that Crimea was, Crimea was not part of They weren't part of the treaty. So they, well, yeah, but it's about Russian aggression. Right? No, it's yeah. about I mean, it's defending an, an, against then, Russian aggression. Right. And, and Crimea was part of the Soviet Union until 53. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it was not an attack on a NATO member, as somebody just indicated right. here. It has to be NATO that's attacked. That's right. Okay, so like the, question, the question is, are there... Are there NATO countries now that are worried about Russia, about about a possible invasion? What about Estonia or Poland? Well, that's what and, I hear. Or Finland or or so. Poland Hawaii. is you know, I mean, there's all kinds of things going on. I, I just one of the things I just read recently is that the Swedes are have just the Swedish government of all people has just gone to a much more forward defense posture, and they are doing joint exercises with Finland. And then, you know, Estonia, Latvia, and what's the third one? Um, Lithuania. Lithuania. They're, they're very worried at this point in time. Okay. And, you know, when you, when you look at the trouble that Putin can cause, uh, it, maybe they should be. Um, you know, so I, I, it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out. I, I guess the really sad thing about this meeting between Trump and Putin is that no one, can, no one is going to report accurately on what's happening, because the media, the mainstream media that hates Trump is just going to report that he blew everything and made a big mess, and then the pro-Trump media, Fox News and talk radio, are going to say that Trump 
you know, when Trump does push-ups, the world moves down, and that he did everything wonderfully and perfect, and every he got he has everybody just where he wants him. Well, there, uh, Ambassador Huntsman was on uh, no. one of the shows today. He sort of hinted that somebody will be in on those meetings, mm-hmm. that there will be somebody. It will not just be the two of them. Well, one now, hopes. again, yeah. I thought it was just two of them and two translators. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, maybe the truth. Well, there's going to be somebody else. Maybe, maybe there's going to be something to it. But again, what 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 is your biggest fear when he sits down with Vladimir Putin, Mike? I'm not. You know, use that old expression. It's above my pay grade. Um, one of the one of the issues I see, from my perspective, and I don't know exactly. This is not necessarily responsive to your question. No matter what Mr. Trump does, it's going to be wrong. If he pushes back, people are going to say, oh, you're going to now start a second Cold War. And if he doesn't push back, he's going to be the puppet of Putin. See, I just think that he's maybe gotten himself into this situation, but there's, he can't win. Well, the Democrats put him in that situation. Yes, they haven't, and the press has They want that. more. I mean, they're, 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 they're warmongers now. Well, but what's, what astounds me is that you think of, remember the reset button. Of course, where they had the wrong word on the on the button during the Obama during the Obama period, years. and and the the debate between Mitt Romney and and Barack Obama, where Romney said the Russians are our number one enemy, and and he was pilloried for that kind of thought, and all of a sudden now the Ruskin, Russians are our worst enemy, and I just think of it, the the country of Russia's economy is no bigger than the state of Texas in terms mm-hmm. of yeah. it just happens to have nukes. Yeah, Art's I, right. So what, 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 what is your biggest fear of that one-on-one meeting? Well, uh, building on what was just said, treating Putin like an equal, yeah. which he is not, He's actually, not. in terms of resources that Russia controls. They have no ally. Outside of oil and natural gas, they don't produce anything right. beyond corruption. Um, I think it's important for him to be in power. I think he provides stability that uh, is really important to us. It would not be a Russian Barack Obama or even Donald Trump who would replace him if he went down. But treating him like an equal, I think, is a mistake. And in fairness to President Obama, I I don't think that administration made that mistake. Putin's used a very weak hand economically to to develop enormous influence, especially in the Middle East and Persian Gulf. He now has a rapport with Turkey, a traditional enemy, a rapport with Iran, a traditional enemy which is increasingly dominant in the Middle East, in my view, and even with Israel, for God's sake, along with Saudi Arabia. What he's been able to accomplish, he has replaced the United States, which peaked out during the George H.W. Bush administration. The continuing so he was outplayed. I mean, just, and we, we're talking, we were we're outplayed. About, uh, what I'm saying, we, me and the United States. Yeah. The United States was outplayed during the Obama administration, to some extent, by the Bush administration. Sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well, and during this, you don't, you don't during hear this that administration very often no, but look, on media art. Mm-hmm. Any, right. any media, not even Fox News. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 right. well, that's why we have Beyond the Beltway, Bruce. <laughs> well, this is I, why you well, are... <laughs> I, I, yes, that yeah. is exactly Insightful well comments. Well, because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any it's sense. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, so he's not to be underestimated, and we certainly don't do that. But building him up, I think, is, is a mistake. What, yeah. can he, what, what could he – is there anything that Trump could say or walk out of this meeting with that his opponents would say, okay, congratulations, you got this done? I, almost nothing. Yeah, because well, you, you can't trust Putin. I mean, his, you, you know? can't yeah. – Never opponents, trust the communists. I mean – 
look, the North Korea thing was the big news a month ago and or a couple months ago. And no one knows whether Trump got outplayed there or, or whether, whatever, but, you know, it, it seems as though the, the critics have a point if they're going to say that, uh, that, you know, all he did was put the, this little tiny nation on the same footing as the United States and, and, and cutting deals with a you know, horrible dictator and all this other stuff. So Trump is essentially in a no-win situation. What I think is interesting, and this is true of North Korea, and I think to some extent it's also true of, of, of Russia, is that, you know, America, we just, we just heard, and I tend to agree with a little bit, we've been outplayed, and now everybody's blaming Trump Everybody wants to blame Trump for this tough <coughs> position that we've been in. And, and all we would have gotten if it would have been Je- Jeb Bush or Hillary Clinton or John Kasich would have been four, more, four to eight more years of the same wet noodle, yep. hand-wringing, orchestrated hand-wringing diplomacy. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, That's right. the thing I'm looking at also is that the situation uh, with North Korea was made complicated when U.S. intelligence reports were leaked to the media that said that Kim Jong-un was violating uh, at least the spirit of the conversation. So that was a leak from the Trump administration, deep state, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. It was a leak. Mm -hmm. And now we have a situation where the Justice Department indicts 12 Russian military intelligence officers, Trump's Justice Department, with Rod Rosenstein making the announcement he, he, he presents this when the boss is about to sit down with Vladimir Putin four days later. That's an inside job as well. I want to talk about it when we come back. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida. So why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Bruce Dumont back. Thanks very much for uh, joining us tonight on Beyond the Beltway. And uh, one of the things that this the program is now in our in our 39th year, and one of the things that we've been able to do is, and again, we've got four examples of it tonight, is every Sunday night being able to introduce you to, to four bright-spirited, uh, passionate people about uh, whatever their political perspective is. We've been able to do that. And, and so over the years, there are literally hundreds of people who have been guests on this program, many of them, uh, like many of our guests right now this evening, uh, they've they've gone they've fallen into sort of the regular category because they've been on a number of times, including uh, Mike. You said last week you've been on this program for sixty mm-hmm. over sixty times. Uh, Art Sear, it's probably about one hundred and twenty to you because we go back a long, long way, at least probably twenty five, thirty years with your participation on this show. And uh, several years ago, for for several years, 
It was during the the Bush administration and the early uh, administration of uh, Barack Obama. There was a young gentleman by the name of John McGovern who was a regular on this program. He was I best be described as a as a regular Republican. He rep- he loved the Bushes and the Bush family, and uh, and again even in his denunciation of Barack Obama, uh, did it with a with a with a with a delicate hand. And and he was a uh, he was a sweet soul and really a, a very good guest. Uh, and helped us many times in getting important guests on this program. And I'm sad to report that uh, uh, John died uh, suddenly of a heart attack. He was only 48 years old. Uh, he died last week. His funeral will be coming up, uh, a native of Lake Forest, Illinois, and again uh, to his wife and two young children that he leaves behind. And, uh, and just uh, scores and scores of people within Republican politics and even national Republican politics that worked with John. He was a terrific uh, professional in the public relations field. So uh, we, uh, we're very sorry to report that to you. But again, many of you who have been longtime listeners to this program may recall hearing John as a guest on this program several times uh, up, up until about five or six years ago. So our condolences to his family. Let's now go to calls. Let's go to Kevin, listening to us in Austin, Texas, on KLBJ. Go ahead. Are you there? Kevin, are you there? Let's go to Brian. Are you there? Hello? Go ahead, Brian. Hi. I I want to call and comment on Vladimir Putin. Sure. Uh, What's rarely talked about in American media is that uh, Vladimir Putin is rumored to be amongst the richest people in the world. Yep. Him and his minions are, you know, the oligarchs that run Russia, that they use the uh, GRU to run. Uh, They run the place, and they are rumored to be the primary financers of the Trump empire. And I think all that's going to come out in the wash once uh, Mueller's uh, report comes out. And uh, so basically we have the president of the United States uh, having a private meeting with his primary financier, who happens to run Russia. Mm-hmm. Okay, Art, Art Sear was shaking his head no as you were, were speaking. So, Art, uh, challenge our guest. No, I don't want to challenge him directly. Mueller has said very explicitly at this time he has no intention and there's certainly no evidence indicating that there should be an indictment of the president. And uh, I do think the caller's right that if Trump, the caller's right about the president, if he goes down it'll be something related to money laundering. But uh, the president was heavily involved in uh, New Jersey as well as New York real estate. Federal prosecutors put away not only a lot of gangsters, some of whom were executed by their associates before they, uh, they, could, be, uh, before they could be summoned to testify. It was a very rough time. Judges went down. Real estate entrepreneurs went down. Uh, in a book called Boardwalk Jungle, which documents all this, there's a very long section on a young man named Donald Trump is very much like our current president. Uh, he's constantly calling attention to himself, constantly talking to the media and everyone else. Uh, he was never caught on a wire. That impressed me very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that so many of his critics underestimate him, I think, is a source of strength for him. So I wouldn't disagree with the caller, but um, I think you may be underestimating the president. I certainly agree that Putin and corrupt oligarchs run Russia. But would you, l- let me ask you, Brian... <laughs> What would you like to do? I mean, by the way, I don't challenge at all that, that Russia was attempting to meddle mm-hmm. in our elections. And the indictments a couple of days ago were about meddling. 
No one has talked about uh, coercion yet, uh, cooperation, right. collaboration. That hasn't happened. In the indictments you know, several months ago, which, which sounded very much like the indictment that just came down, uh, Rosenstein said then and said uh, you know, last week, there is no evidence uh, and there's been no indictments of Americans. There's no evidence that any votes were changed. So, again, it was, it was repetitious to the press conference he called about five or six months ago when the first wave of Russians uh, were, uh, you know, were, were indicted. So this is the second group of people that are not likely ever to be extradited. I mean, do you, do you think that, that Putin would consider or the president would ask for the extradition of these people that are indicted? Isn't that an answer we already know the, a question that we already know the answer to? You're asking me? Yes. I, I, there's no way. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with these uh, Russian uh, agents or whatever that were involved in this. It's, it's all about money. Trump is about money. You know, he was doing anything he could. But, uh, but sir, all, all, all of the indictments, in, in, in deference to your, your – you've got a personal point here, which, which may come true someday. All of the evidence so far that's been presented to grand juries and through indictments is about the, uh, the meddling, which, which I think everyone accepts. I mean, I don't question any of the things mentioned in the indictment. I, you know, and, and the Russians were obviously involved in it. But my question to you and anybody that's listening to the show this evening, what do you want Donald Trump to order the United States to do to stop Vladimir Putin from meddling in the 2018 election or to punish him for what he did in 2016? What do you want? Do you well, want a war? Do you want us to bomb it. somewhere? What do you want? He's done next to nothing on cybersecurity. Has Donald Trump made a, a speech on cybersecurity in the United States? He has not. And by the way, I would say that I agree with you on that, 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 that we should be far more aggressive uh, in, in preparing for cybersecurity. And I want to get everybody's question, everybody's reaction around the table to, to my same question. What would, you, what would you do, Doug? I mean, if you had the ear of the president and you had all of this evidence that's come through all these indictments, what would you, what would you tell the president to do? Well, it goes to the, uh, the actual effectiveness of it all. I don't. I think that you go back as far as you can look, and there's always been meddling at different times. And so, I think a huge part of this, with people on the left, they're so interested in this collusion thing that they wrap it all together. And there's got to be something done about right. this. I, you know, it nothing came of it really. I mean, it was a drop in the bucket when you talk about everything out there on social media and every place else. I mean, it's, it's my just, question it, to it you, my to question it. to you, Doug, is. Let's say that all of the things mentioned in the indictment are true. I don't. I don't challenge them at all. This mm-hmm. went to a. This went to a. You know. A, a, you know. Average people in the in the you know, who, who led the indictment, the grand jury. What do we do, Bruno? Well, what do we do? A couple of things. Do we so, slap their wrists? And if so, no, what do we do? I, I don't think there's anything we can do. I think that you know. First of all, I, I, this is, and I, I did specifically want to mention this article tonight. Um, and I've, I find this to be one of the weirdest stories in the whole Russia angle. And it's from Yahoo News. It has been corroborated by people in the, who are in the field. This guy wrote a book about uh, the, the Russian involvement in the election. Obama cyber chief confirms stand-down order against Russian cyber attacks in summer of 2016. Obama, his administration, Susan Rice, they were told— and it's probably these same 12 Russians who were doing the meddling. They were told, 
here's the, here's the meddling that's going on, and oh, by the way, here's our list of plans we have that we want to do to stop them or at least slow them down or harass them. And the Obama administration puts in a stand-down order on Russian meddling in the middle of this whole thing. And, and let me just say, for those who've listened to this program who may recall this, a couple of weeks ago, Michael Isakoff, who wrote that story for Yahoo and who wrote the book, mm-hmm. he was on here for a half hour. He laid the whole case out. And, and, and the national news media, by the way, the, 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 one of the uh, persons involved in this had testified before a United States Congressional Committee. I'm talking about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. No news. Mm-hmm. There was, Michael Isikoff put it in, 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 in uh, Yahoo News, but there was no follow-up. I mean, here was someone, because it's the same question, what, what could have the Obama administration done mm-hmm. to stop it? They could have gone public with it. But they didn't go public with it because Susan Rice, there's that name again, keeps popping up again. She told the head of cybersecurity for the Obama White House to stand down and don't pursue it. And this was this was in late October. Say again. I like to throw my two cents. Throw your two cents into just that point, though, Brian. Okay. yes. I think it's because everybody thought Hillary Clinton was going to run away with the election. Okay. The Clintons were involved in some very dirty, slimy activity. Oh. And there's, there's obvious proof, or in my speculation, that the Russians had all kinds of evidence of that activity. So Barack did not want to pick a fight with the Russians and then have the Russians expose Hillary's extra, extra dirt. I mean, what we've heard so far is nothing. I think they have tons of dirt on the Clintons. And then so Barack just stood down so that Hillary could win the election and let the Team Clinton clean up their own mess. They did not want to, did not want to uh, pick a oh, fight with the Russians. Clearly, that's, 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 with the, that's, that's what this person testified. He testified that Susan Reif had said, we're going to leave this for the next administration, thinking that it was going to be Barack Obama or most not Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, or perhaps Donald Trump. But they wanted nothing to do with this. This was the leader of the free world. There was an attack against the United States democratic process, and Barack Obama froze. He did nothing. Zip. Zero. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City, just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood.
Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Mike Miller, let me ask you the question. Um, the indictment of the uh, Russian military officers, intelligence officers, uh, I, I said in the last segment that to me that was just another example of the Justice Department or the intelligence communities mm-hmm. embarrassing Donald Trump mm-hmm. because they could have made that indictment you know, next Tuesday. It didn't have to be the big story going into a meeting with, with Putin unless they wanted to send Donald Trump a, a message. Mm-hmm. They were sending a message by these indictments. And, and, and again, if you're the president of the United States and your assistant attorney general brings you this bad news mm-hmm. when you're about to go out on the world stage, what's he thinking of that Rod Rosenstein? Well, you know, this is one of those things of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Because if he had, if he had waited until afterwards, you know how they would say that the Trump administration stopped this release until after Who's he they? To- it, well, the press will say that. So the it would have been leaked. Will say that. So this is information that would have been leaked. It would have to have been leaked. So he is he is constantly responding to information, derogatory information. Yes, that is devastating to him. Yeah, I, I keep hearing this talk about a deep state, and sometimes I read about it and I mean, ah, there's no deep state. Other times, I'm absolutely convinced that is there, there is. Is there a deep state, Doug? Absolutely, there is. Yeah, this is what, but, but this is is what it looks like. But is Rod Rosenstein part of the deep state? Well, I think these guys think that they're in charge. I mean, I, we've talked, yeah. last time I was on the show, we were talking about uh, Chris Ray, and I think I forget yeah. what was going on. But, you know, he works for Jeff, Jeff Sessions, who works for Donald Trump. And we elected Donald Trump. We didn't elect Rosenstein. So, he's, so when we have these situations where these guys go out and start doing whatever they want, it is, I hear what you're saying, Mike, but the thing that should happen is it, it's his administration. I agree. So if he tells them, hey, look, wait a week on that. Yeah, he may take it in the press right. the w- week later, but that's his decision. Right. These guess, guys are making decisions for him. I guess, I, I guess I'm having a hard time really worrying about the in- – I don't know what the indictment of the 12 people right before going to Putin means. I, I, what I, one of the things I think is interesting about Trump is people keep trying to hurt him the way they would hurt George W. Bush or the way some Republicans would try and hurt Hillary Clinton or hurt Barack Obama by re- selectively releasing this kind of information at a certain time. And I think it's fair to say that Trump is such a different kind of animal that none of this stuff – like he's going to walk in – and say to Putin whatever he's going to say to Putin anyway, and I'm not. I don't think he's going to worry about it too much. I was going to say with the with the with the uh, the twelve guys here or whatever. That's all related to um, them uh, advancing their narrative about the collusion thing. Because what they're doing is they're saying, "Oh, now he's going to go have this meeting with Putin." Well, the twelve guys, he should cancel it because all those Democrat uh, senators oh, right. came out. Oh, cancel, cancel, because they're trying to make it look like Trump is going. Well, I'm buddies with Putin, and we colluded, so I got to go and have the meeting anyway. That, Art, that's how it's all working. Together. Art, where do you come down on this point? Well, I think the indictments show that we do have an international legal regime that means something. Uh, similar sanctions against the notorious oligarchs really have hurt. They've lost some assets. Their international mm-hmm. travel is limited. Mm-hmm. I doubt with people this junior will have that big effect, but it can't be a plus for their careers in Russia. So that's a plus. What about the, what about the timing of it? The, by the way, uh, I, I, I'm not I'm not I, saying I anything. These guys probably deserve to be indicted. My point is, it's about the timing. Whether whether this indictment is announced on Friday or announced the following Wednesday, what's the big point? Unless the intelligence community, and I would put the Justice Department as part of that, Mm -hmm. unless they want to put pressure 
on the president when he goes in to talk to Vladimir Putin. There has to be some connection between the timing on this. Not necessarily. I think it may be the justice system operating in a professional way. I do think the president wins because what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about President Trump. That's dominated the conversation. I was at a conference of uh, people who are active professionally in foreign policy in New York, and the president doesn't have many supporters. And what do we? There was a military panel where we actually talked about substantive issues. But at this conference, I was very disappointed because all we talked, people were venting about the president. I think he's winning. I think he can re- be reelected because he's dominating our national conversation. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's disciplined. But he's winning, and I think there's a very good chance if he doesn't get indicted himself that he'll get reelected. That's what I think. But I don't. I don't think there's a comprehensive federal conspiracy where all things are coordinated and calculated and run by some mysterious. Does anybody think there is a more co- coordinated? I would disagree. I, I, I would. With that. I, I think. Uh, first of all, I think a lot of what Art just said, I agree with. It, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and, but I will say this, and I, I've had. I've had friends, you know, liberal friends tease me like there's like the deep state. There's no such thing as a deep state. I've been trying to fight education reform for like 10, 15 years. There's a deep state that prevents and even when you even when you win a voucher bill, you can't get a voucher to happen. Um, when when there was a Beck decision, everybody's talking about this uh, this recent Janus decision with uh, stuff. There was the Beck decision that said you couldn't politicize d- uh, union dues. People have been trying to get their Beck decision rights for four, you know thirty forty years. That happened with or, you know whenever that decision came down, they can't do it. There is clearly a bureaucracy set in America that they and you know the the Plame affair. The Plame affair was a CIA op against George W. Bush. Yep. That's all there is. So. Absolutely, there's a deep state, and, and these. And, and, but in this particular case, and this is this is a historic point here. If you if you go back to the Richard Nixon era, and by the way, I want to be real clear: Richard Nixon was a bad guy who did bad things, and he should have been forced out of office. Okay, I want to say that as a caveat. But if you look at the ebb and flow of that investigation, the investigation. Just when it looked like Richard Nixon was able to turn the corner on something or change the subject on something, bango. Another leak came in from the intelligence community. Most of it was from the FBI because that's where Deep Throat was. Most of it was come. So Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon was basically stabbed in the back by the intelligence community. Again, he was a bad guy. But again, I think that's exactly what's happening right now with Donald Trump. Every time Donald Trump looks like he's doing something or changing the subject, there's somebody in the deep state, in the intelligence community, most of whom are now paid advisors to CNN. They're on the air, sticking it to Donald Trump, coming up with new information, new this, new that. And the indictment, you know, when, he, when he's heading towards uh, uh, Russia last week, to me, is just another example of a knife in the back from his own Justice Department, own Justice Department. And Richard Nixon was done in by his own Justice Department as well and the FBI. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. If you look hard enough, go off the beaten track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. 
Wild Travels. Available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's World, Weekend Update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sip cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. We continue with our number two, and we've got Bruno Barron from the Heartland Institute here, Art Sear from Carthage College. He runs the A.W. Clausen Center. Mike Miller is an economist from DePaul University in Doug Truex, and he is a U.S. captain, retired U.S. Army captain, graduate of West Point, and again in 2014, he ran uh, for the United States Senate, a graduate of the Wharton School. Along with Donald Trump, you were not here at the same <laughs> right, time, yeah. but yeah, not made it time. through the war. <laughs> so anyway, we thank you all for joining us, 1-800-723-8029. Let's go to a call. He's been standing by for a while. Tom, listening to us in Youngstown, Ohio, but listening to us on WPIC out of Sharon, Pennsylvania. Go ahead. Yes, Bruce, and uh, thank you, and, and uh, hello to your guests. You know, first, first of all, I, I want to touch on two subjects. The first one is the Russian situation. You know, when you consider that uh, uh, going back to Roosevelt and Stalin and uh, Kennedy and Khrushchev and uh, Ronald Reagan and Gorbachev and uh, Clinton and and Yeltsin, there was a communication or there was interaction there. You know, they realized it was a working relationship. They, you know, trust but verify, just like uh, Reagan said. And and I think that that's what, what Trump is looking at. And as one of your guests pointed out, uh, Russia still has the nuclear weapons. They still are a player, maybe not as big a player, 
but I think that uh, that has to be there. And I think it's, and, and by the way, being in a room together, I see nothing wrong with it. It's not like we're going to end up uh, having to give uh, Alaska back to Russia because uh, Trump and Putin met in a room together. You know, it's just not going to happen. Uh, as far as this whole situation with the uh, deep state, to me there certainly is. I think the inspector general showed that. Mm-hmm. And that was without a subpoena ability. That was without uh, the ability to uh, 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 really uh, uh, put people before a grand jury or threaten uh, uh, charges against them. So, so I, I think that we do need a special prosecutor, not only to uh, rehash what he's done to a certain extent, because I think people need to go to jail. You know, if, if people went to prison uh, during that IRS situation scandal here a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think we would have the situation today that we're, we uh, of the election problem. But also, I think that that whole server that Hillary had and the server that every Wasserman Schultz didn't want to give up and uh, foundation and uh, a, a few other things were an effort by the Democrats to uh, do things surreptitiously. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'd point out, too, with Hillary's server as Secretary of State, at least five nations hacked that. The FBI mm-hmm. uh, approved that. Tom, and, let, me, uh, let, me, uh, let me ask you this question, because I, I know you speak for a lot of people uh, with, the, with the comments that you're making here this evening, maybe even for some, some people around the, uh, the table. But I'm wondering, uh, just as many Republicans are saying to Democrats, hey, guys, the election is over, you lost, let's get on with it. Okay, and I'm sure you feel that way about the, the resist movement that the Democrats and, and many in the media are involved in. And I guess I, I would, to, to some extent, I would say the same thing about Hillary and, and, and her, her email and this and that and, and all the things that, that might have been skullduggery or either, either against the law or, or over the side. It's like at some point we've got to move on and, 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 and get to some of the bigger, broader issues. Can, can I tell you why I disagree with you? Sure. Because I think crimes were committed. And, and if you think about it, uh, we've had uh, scandals along the way. The, the only time I can remember where we actually had an attempt uh, to uh, change the democratic process as, in terms of election was Watergate. People went to prison. Now, we yes. lasted 44 years because people went to prison. And I think that every once in a while we need to do that. Because if, if not, then, then the, you know, this administration, the next administration, the one after that, okay. it, they're, they're going to, again, if, if uh, the, the woman who was in charge, and I can't think of her name right now, of the uh, IRS situation, Lois, Lois she's to prison. I'm sorry? Lois Lerner, and she's not in yes, prison. Lois Lerner. <laughs> now, 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 her and if the head of the uh, IRS at the, at the time were fired, we would have never even had the uh, FBI scandal because they would have said, look, we're going to end up in prison. We can't do this. Why, tr- why try to subvert the government in terms of an election? Okay. It would not have happened. Let's let let uh, uh, Doug has a, as a guess or a comment, and I think Mike Miller as well. Yeah, I, I I do agree with Tom. I mean, this rule of law piece is huge, and if you get to a place where people think to themselves, well, you know, we've been around here a long time. We've, we're pretty much in charge. We'll do what we want. And if we get caught, you know, we'll hire a lawyer, we'll do this or that, and we'll skate off into the into the sunset. I think it it's not good for you know for my kids and my grandkids and the and the country we're we're building here. People have to understand that if you're going to take that job, you get a lot of benefits when you get a 
federal job in a lot of different ways, but you are expected to hold, uh, you know, when I was in the army, I was an aide to a general for a while and we handled a lot of classified stuff and you better believe me. Everybody was nervous about that stuff. And when it came out of the safe, everybody knew what was going on. But now, you know, these federal employees, it feels like, well, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to be really do whatever we want. And if people don't go to jail, I think that that sends a bad message to the, to the rest of the folks that are thinking about being uh, slack. Mike Miller. I feel pretty much the same way. I, I'm always, have been for most of my life, raw, raw America, and we do things better than anybody else and so forth. But over the past couple of years, it has become perfectly clear to me, maybe I'm just slow in, on the uptake, that there are two justice systems. There's one for those who are in power, and there's the rest for the rest of us. And I can remember when, when, the, uh, when Comey was talking about Hillary Clinton and the server, and was he, what was he going to do with it? It was, I think, July 2nd, a year ago. And I was walking to work and I was right in front of the federal building and he gets, and he comes to this conclusion after destroying and saying everything horrible she did but I'm not going to do I'm going to recommend no indictment I stopped dead in the street and said no I just I couldn't believe that what would if that had been anyone else in my mind any other regular person mm-hmm. they would have been that's brought right. in and their lives would have been destroyed did like you maybe they should have been let me ask you that's the same feeling with the uh, press conference that uh, comey had and then the the uh, you know the the denunci- uh, uh, denouncing clinton and then saying he's not yeah, dieter did you feel the same way when you read i don't know if you've read all or just a portion of the ig's report did you feel the same way when you read the IG report? And after reading 500-something pages, they said there was no evidence yeah, I, that, uh, that, they, that their bias impacted I, the investigation. I did not read it, but I've heard enough of it, and I've read enough about it that I had exactly that particular that, um, same feeling. And as though that when it was written, I am going to protect the FBI, and I'm going to try to be as transparent as I can, but I am going to come to this conclusion – and everything was written in such a way as to come to that conclusion, in that there was no no bias. In but terms is part of, what of was it done. is it is part of it whether whether it's Comey or or whether it's the IG, part of it is as creatures of of DC, a political climate. Mm-hmm. They have to they have to give a little bit something to each side. They can't give somebody a complete victory. They've got to. I don't get someone's that. Gotta, see, that's what's not I, fair about I, it. I don't a, get that. It's an interesting point, but I think part of it. it Let's put it this way. To the extent that they try to give a little bit to each side, I think that uh, we're at a point now where Trump does not get the benefit of the doubt on any of that. They're going after him no matter what, yes. and they're gonna, and they, they just want him gone. Um, so, you know, he's, he's just in that position. I think what Trump is doing as a catalyst almost is he's just, just by his mere existence and the way he treats everything, I think he's exposing the media and the, the deep state to the extent that it, it's not really a conspiracy. It's just there. He's just exposing them. When we come back, people were exposed this past week. There was a hearing, Republicans, Democrats, and the FBI agent with the, the guy who loves to t- text. <laughs> we'll be back shortly to talk about it. Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. 
That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at briansellsthedesert.com. I listen now because the... the uh, Chicago Station doesn't get out as far as my suburb very well. This is the show that's on TV right now. Ah. You're everywhere, Bruce. That's the immigration question. That was very, you know. And that's on, it's on YouTube, so you can download it. I, I actually that's on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. I pay for YouTube Premium because it's really yeah, nice. YouTube, Vimeo. Videos on your phone. I've thought about that because I, I watch like things 10, on the train. 10 bucks going a month. In. Nonstop Jordan Peterson. Yeah, there you I've go. watched a lot of movies. <laughs> that's good stuff. The father all of the two, internet. All the two-hour-long stuff. Yeah. And that's interesting. It's that's great. That's... My kids love that. Well, guys, I just realized that we are on the air, and we've been on the air for, for quite, quite a while there. Oh, Bruce. It's <laughs> a plot. Hopefully. Well, I was explaining to everybody who's here oh, yeah. on, the, on the radio show that the, a different television show is running tonight. Yeah. So we were... Looking at Facebook, and we were we were watching last week's show. So anyway, we're back on the air. We didn't say anything uh, horrible. By the not. way, let me uh, know. Uh, I think we were we were safe. But let's talk about uh, Peter Struck, the G, the hearings, um, the good lack hearings, uh, all the Republicans, how they conducted themselves, how the Democrats conducted themselves. And uh, Doug, I want to talk with you. What was I, I watched a lot of the hearings. So and you watched a lot of the hearings. So go ahead. What was your what was your what was the high point and low point for you? Um, I thought that the uh, well, lots of low points um, that uh, struck is just, you know, the the arrogance there. And and then the it just flies in the face of just common sense for him to say, oh, there's no bias here. How could I be biased? What do you mean? You know, and 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 then to have him give this little, uh, you know, the, the end of that little speech and then to have. The Democrats start applauding. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm thinking, what is going on here? This is just—it's just those. They're you know they're off the reservation. He came across uh, smug, mm-hmm. defiant. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of answers to the question where he was sort of wrapping himself in the mm-hmm. in the flag, uh, which uh, I think that was his ultimate defense. Where I think the Democrats responded. I think that I think. What bothered me, as someone who wants the truth, and, and really one of the things we try to seek on this program is to seek the truth. Sometimes it's not pleasant the way we want it. But I saw Democrats not interested in getting straight answers to any question. Yeah. I mean, they were just so oblivious. And I saw too many Republicans trying to make political points or beat a dead horse or repeat something that he had already said. So both sides were playing politics, but one side se- seemed to want to get information out. The other, the Democratic Party, didn't want to do didn't want to do any of it. There were some there were some exceptions, but for the most part, 
I mean, it, it, it was. Well, I it think was Jim Jordan got that stuff out about that or guy and how the the dossier got in because right. that's going to be and Gowdy Gowdy got some stuff out. Right. But you know, when when Congressman Gromert you know went and talked about you know the the adultery issue, I mean, he was booed by members of the committee, and mm-hmm. and you knew when I heard it, I knew that that clip that was going to be, be used on every single newscast sure. because it was off target. And so you may argue that it wasn't, you know, that it wasn't anything a low blow or anything. I think we could disagree on that. But the point is that it was it was off target, and that was gonna that was gonna take it uh, down a different path on the network news. That the night. other aspect to me was uh, the word I like also is condescension. That he is superior yes. both morally and intelligence uh, to to those he was speaking to. But going back to my point earlier that. I always, I'm such a pro-American. I'm so nationalistic or patriot, whatever you want to call it, and I'm becoming jaded over time. I have such great respect for the FBI. And for this man to be the personification of the FBI and to sit there and to sneer mm-hmm. and to, to condescend the way he did is the last thing I think that the FBI needed at this point. To and show was a there- little bit of contrition that, yeah, you know, I was really foolish in all those things that I texted. Yeah, he, no, he said it. He said chance. it, but it wasn't necessarily. He didn't. He, he didn't. He didn't hit it. Hit a home run with it. The other thing we got to remember, and I'm thinking about this whole thing, <clears throat> is when he was there, and when he was part of the investigation, looking into Hillary Clinton, and then switches over to look into the uh, the, uh, the the Russian uh, challenge uh, or involvement, alleged involvement with Donald Trump. James Comey was the head of the FBI. Mm-hmm. James Comey was his boss. Did James Comey not know about his political beliefs? You would think did, Robert, would. did Robert Mueller not know about his political beliefs? Now, the Democrats say, yeah, Robert Mueller fired as soon as they, he found out about it. Well, yes, he did. But what about the vetting process? And I think one thing that the Democrats made, which I don't believe that the news media covers enough, and that is the number of Democrats that were hired oh, yeah. to be on the Mueller oh, investigative team. And, and the other point is, in, in the IG's report, in the IG's report, there were seven members of the FBI who he questioned uh, with, with, that, that had bias mm-hmm. in his thought. Five of those seven, by, uh, of those seven uh, Strzok and, and Lisa Page, were two of them, the other ones were not named, but of those five, of the seven, five of them ended up on the Mueller investigative uh, team, see, Bruce, wow. including, is, including Page and Strzok. This is, now, the question is, who were the others? Who were the others? We don't know their names this, yet. This is why it's so – I don't even understand how anyone on the left says there's, there's no deep state when it's so obvious that this is exactly what was going on. I mean, if you just ask all the Democrats listening to this right now to just step back from the partisanship for a moment or just reverse the parties and say there's a scandal with an email server and people investigate it. Those people investigate it and say there's nothing that happened. And, and, and then those same people immediately jump over to the investigation of the new incoming president that wasn't supposed to win. And then you have Mueller hiring all Democrats and, then, and you know, or, or hiring people that I mean, it it it. It is laughable. It is laughable <clears throat> for any of these people on the on the <clears throat> Democratic side to say that if the parties were reversed, their heads would be exploding. And if the parties were reversed, 
the media would have hounded uh, the uh, everybody out of office long ago. Same same thing with the and email you know server. What, and do you know what Republicans will say? Or, or I'm sorry, Democrats will say it. Some Republicans will say it as well. And the media will say it. You know what they say? Hey, Robert Mueller is a Republican. Yeah. Robert, that means nothing. Of course. That means nothing. Jeb Bush was a Republican. George Bush was a Republican. I mean, in this day and age, being a Republican doesn't mean you're for Donald Trump. In many cases, it means you're against Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. So they say that as, as somehow, well, then he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be no, doing anything I, against and, Donald and Trump. And this goes, I guess, the, the level of incompetence, and I'll mm-hmm. just remind everybody listening. I mean, you look at the IRS scandal, which has been mentioned tonight. Uh, the, caller, the caller brought that up. You've got the VA scandal. No, no one there was fired either. I, I guess somebody was fired, and then they got their jobs back along with their pension. Um, the, F, the FBI, I mean, Robert Mueller was presiding over the FBI. <clears throat> well, I guess he was only in office for a few days, but the FBI blew 9-11. Okay, they they should have been able to do something to disrupt that, um, given the stuff that was going. They, they blew the uh, certainly the Boston bomber and 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 well the Boston bomber and then also the anthrax investigation. Mueller and Comey are complicit in uh, completely blowing the anthrax uh, investigation. So the idea that the FBI is some super competent law enforcement agency, they're a butt covering bureaucracy that puts some bad people in jail occasionally, and they always have been. And and the, and the same is true of the Department of Justice and the SEC. America's government has gotten so big and involved in so much stuff that I don't even know that they could be competent. I, I would object to the proposition that they always have been in the FBI. There were reasons why for many years the FBI was distinctively respected. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover's PR skills were part of it. He clearly stayed in office too long. Fifty years is too long. However... We were free of any scandals. We were free of any foreign espionage. All of it is post-Hoover. Mm. And the record when the stakes were high during World War II in terms of cracking espionage were very good. I think there has been a degeneration. Yeah. Uh, good therapy for Mike. Um, the FBI story with Jimmy Stewart in 1955, yeah. Yeah, I, produced I and directed by the FBI, but it did reflect the reality <laughs> of that time. Hoover was in charge of the first federal law enforcement agency, a right recipe on. for disaster. And, and his, his whole... And he was, in fact, a strict constitutionalist. And, and maybe I'm influenced even by... In the 60s, there was a You'd show called The FBI. It was Ephraim, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Jr. Yes, paid for I, by the I FBI. I used to watch that religiously <laughs> as a child because this was, this was America. This was mm-hmm. the law yeah, and enforcement. And there's truth to that, yeah. And, and I, I'm, I'm becoming so... Well, you know, I'm from the same generation, and yes. the point is uh, I used to believe that the FBI was infallible. Yes. And they could do no wrong. Well, no and they were confident, too. And, and, and they were right. But competent. the point is they were also, yeah. as, as Art has referenced, I mean, the, the publicity arm of the FBI. I mean, J. Edgar Hoover was a master mm. propagandist. Yeah. I mean, he created the image of the FBI. He kept it for many, many years. He, he, and, and literally, he used the power to keep him in office. Mm-hmm. But oh. again, you know, when, when he went beyond his limits, you know, with, with the uh, attempt to force Martin Luther King to assassinate himself with a, with a, with a suicide sure. note, yeah. I mean, that, that, that sent the wrong signal. And their, their slowness in going after organized crime mm. was also part of that. So towards the end, uh, J. Edgar Hoover brought great disrespect to the FBI, and what followed him was, not too many years later, was Watergate. 
And again, you've got deep throat. I mean, you, you look at what was going on in Nixon's FBI. It wasn't anything to be, to be proud of. And then you get into the Justice Departments that, you know, have, have acted in political ways or made serious mistakes, whether it's Janet Reno or, or whether you think, uh, you know, it's Jeff Sessions. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of mess there. And I think when, when, when Peter uh, struck, when he goes there, he becomes the epitome of everything that's bad. That's yeah. right. It's, it's, that's, the, it's that's the hierarchy, but we don't know how many bad apples there. We, we're assuming there's a few bad apples. There's only a few. I hope, the I hope there's only a few, Agreed. but there's enough to disrupt the confidence that people should have in the FBI. Right. And Peter's struck. He was, oh, he, was, he was in the spotlight. Bad guy. Backstreet. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sip cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. We all know that we're back on the air now. We're all watching the clock. Uh, let's go to William listening to us in Knoxville, Tennessee on WNOX, one of the blowtorch stations of the Volunteer State. Go ahead, William. Yes, I'd like to uh, just comment on um, the discussion earlier about uh, comparing the little leaks with 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 Trump and, and the timing of them yeah. with the Nixon situation. Yeah. Um, and and make a comment on how it's different, and it would also sort of apply to um, uh, uh, hoping that, say, the IRS scandal uh, that would have been held more accountable, or the issue with the server, mm-hmm. comparing that to um, uh, people feeling like you know conservatives feeling like they resist people. Why don't you just? Let sleeping dogs lie, type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with with Nixon, um, it appeared that the the intelligence community knew that 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 he had uh, uh, been committed crimes, and so they were sort of doing their job the way they would leak things to sort of um, uh, uh, keep him from getting away, so to speak. And um, I I don't think there's any proof that uh, Trump has committed any sort of crime. It's, it's actually quite the opposite. And for the some in the intelligence community, we're calling it a deep state, to, to be playing these little games, the two just don't seem to compare. And, and, that, and that's why I think it's not an apt comparison. Well, the one thing I um, should just, uh, I just want to say is that the one thing Richard Nixon is, Richard Nixon did not um, publicly denounce... Uh, the intelligence communities. 
Keep in mind that when Donald Trump was running for president and when he was president-elect, he would, on occasion, uh, somewhat frequently, criticize the intelligence communities. He talked about the, the bad intelligence that led to the Iraq War, said that several times during the campaign, and he questioned uh, some, of their, uh, some of their findings and whether or not everything that they were saying was accurate. So these are, these are bureaucrats that are not used to having their authenticity challenged. And here was a candidate who basically made his, his, I mean, the reason he was elected and the reason he gathered support was that he was challenging the authenticity of a lot of people, a lot of institutions. But these were bureaucrats. They didn't like that. And again, because they, they think that, you know, they're, they're living the old school. They think that everything they do is, is, is great for the country, and, and, and maybe it is. But they don't like to be challenged. And the news media, which get, at least at the national level, which, get, which gets a lot of its leaks from the Justice Department and the intelligence community. I mean, the big, big stories that you see on network television, most of them have been leaked either to them or the New York Times by people in the intelligence community for decades or in the Justice Department for decades. Part of the reputation of the FBI is built on leaks. They have been leaking for 50 years. It was part of what J. Edgar Hoover taught them. Leak to the media. Find the friendly people in the media. Leak to them. They will, they will treat you well. That's how media works. And that's how I think the intelligence community works. So when a guy comes along who basically picks a fight with the intelligence community or questions their veracity and their authenticity, they're pissed off at him. And they want to make him look bad. And I think they have made him look bad on a number of occasions. In many cases... The, they made him look bad on things that were self-inflicted mm-hmm. by things that he said or did. So they make it easy for him. But there, there, there's no question in my mind, whether you call him a deep state or whatever, there are, there are those who work in the federal government right now that are out to, to, to drive Donald Trump out of office. No question in my mind at all. Well, uh, Granted, your points about Trump uh, picking a fight with them, but I think a lot of Americans um, uh, feel that those that are in the the community who are tasked with with protecting us citizens in this country at such a deep level and in and entrusted with tools that they have, maybe they rather naively would expect them, even if they felt slighted uh, not to react in ways that are simply out of petty spite, but they would um, uh, handle their jobs in a way that was uh, strictly focused on the true security and justice for this country. I would, I would, I would hope and I, be, I believe the vast majority of people in those positions do that, but it doesn't take, it doesn't take a lot of them to, to screw things up. Bruno. I, I would love agree with you and say that there's the vast majority. Um, I, I think the, the quality of the governmental workforce at the state, local, and federal level has become much, much worse than most Americans would want to believe. And I think that one of the reasons Donald Trump is president is because people saw it. I mean, they would, 
Democrats have seen uh, I mean, Democratic voters, you know, you, you, let's say they take the black community or the Hispanic community. They have seen the Democrats hype their issues for decades and then do next to nothing or not do the right thing once they're in. And the Republicans have seen, you know, uh, uh, Republicans talk about abortion or talk about their issues and not do it. And, and every voter in the country, whether they were going for Bernie Sanders or for Donald Trump, were looking at their party and they were looking at what people were saying and they were saying, we've been listening to this for 20 years and it only gets worse and the only laws that pass are the stupidest ones. And and so it, it's completely understandable. And and then somebody like you know, if Bernie Sanders somehow got in to be president, I wonder whether the deep state wouldn't be trying to get rid of him because he actually. I mean, I don't agree oh, with I'm, Bernie I'm, Sanders. I'm, I'm sure they would. I, I don't agree with Bernie Sanders on very much, but it, I, 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 t- I give the guy credit for at least authentically <clears throat> believing <clears throat> some of the nonsense that he says. Right. Oh yeah. No. He's We've sincere. got to move on, William. We've got to move on. We're going to go from Knoxville, Tennessee. All the way out to Orange County, where Sean is listening to us on XM Satellite Radio. Go ahead. You're on the air, Sean. Thank you for having me on. Um, by the way, you, I think you, um, you get, thank you again. I'm not trying to, you know, a confrontation, but Donald Trump didn't just question the validity of the intelligence community compared to CIA to Nazis. He did. That's 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 one of the that's one of the dumb things that he said. And you're right. He did at some point during the campaign make that reference, which was not good. After he was elected, when he was president elect. About that as well. I just wanted to make two other points when we get off the air is that whatever his bias may have been or may have not been. But there's one thing I don't think people can deny is that he got to leak the information that there was an investigation going on against Donald Trump associates during the campaign, and he did not leak that. So that's something I think you have to consider about this whole deep state thing. If he really wanted Donald Trump not to get elected before the election, he could have done that. And one last thing, and I'd like you guys to respond to me. By the way, let me, let me just, let me, you know, just, Sean, let me, just, let me just jump in, because that was, uh, that was an important part of uh, uh, what came out in, the, in that uh, uh, hearing last week. And I want to underscore it because I think it's important because there was an investigation into Donald Trump by the FBI during the campaign, and there was one into Hillary Clinton. The only one that was commented on by James Comey was the one involved Hillary Clinton. They did not in advance acknowledge that there was an investigation into Donald Trump. You were absolutely correct. Exactly. So that helped Donald Trump. I think you guys agree? Because if, if, if James Comey had just had a phone that he might have had a president who's possibly people voting that this guy might be compromised, that might have made 78,000 voters have a difference. So that's something actually the actions the FBI can be very well argued that uh, may actually hurt Hillary and help Donald Trump become president. But one other thing. You guys one second. Say, one I second. I'm going I'm, I'm I'm to say, yes, you're right. That could have happened. We don't know whether whether if all of these WikiLeaks uh, were not reported, uh, would it have affected 78,000 people? We don't know that. We can speculate on it. But here's two other things, uh, uh, Sean. When Hillary Clinton collapsed on September 11th in New York, in, uh, you know, and, and, and around that there were questions about her health and her stamina. 
How many votes did Hillary Clinton lose when she collapsed on international television and that video was played over and over and over again? And secondly, there is no evidence in any report thus far that someone from Moscow told Hillary Clinton's campaign manager, Robbie Mook, don't send Hillary to Wisconsin. We got it in the bag. There's no evidence of that. That was, that was self-inflicted by the Clinton campaign. But there's never one reason for everything. You can say the, the right. things, you can say that, you can say the Russians. I mean, there's so many different things that had to go wrong. Right. But just to the main point, I think that Donald Trump, the type of things that he's gotten away as president, if Hillary Clinton was president, let's put country as a party, as an independent, I'm saying this, if Hillary Clinton fired the FBI director to get rid of an investigation on her servers, you guys damn well know that would have started in the Congress immediately. Say that, say that again. Well, you, 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 are, you, got, you dropped out. Okay, so she fired the FBI director to stop an investigation on her, such as, the, let's say, email scandal or whatever, the equivalent to um, Donald Trump firing James Comey to get rid of the, you know, the FBI investigation, which he yeah. admitted himself. Um, if she had done that, the Republicans in the House would have immediately started impeachment hearings, and she would have at least been impeached. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't. I disagree. They would not start an impeachment hearing. They might have started a hearing. But here's one other thing: if Hillary Clinton got elected, James Comey would have been fired, and I think there would have been an investigation. You're right about that. So the things that are going on now, I think the exact same things would have been going on had Hillary Clinton been elected. I'm Bruce Dumont. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. For joining us, uh, we are back on the air. And, uh, Professor, uh, I would like to ask you a question. This is Mike Miller, an economist from DePaul University for about 38 years, right? Correct. Got it right? You got it right. Hail from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's Pittsburgh right. Pittsburgh Steeler fan, Penguins. Oh, have you, the whole forever. Thing, hold on. Yeah. Uh, question. Uh, Pirates? Are you a baseball fan? No, too? I, I, I lived and died the Pirates, but I don't follow baseball as much. I'm a hockey guy oh, now. Okay, yeah. Penguins and the Blackhawks. But again, as a kid, you, uh, Roberto oh, Clemente. Never, Clemente. almost never. Oh, he was amazing. He was one of the best. I got to ever. see him live. He was amazing. Yep, he was. All-star game coming up on Tuesday. Don't forget that. Uh, question to you. You're, uh, uh, what do you feel about the president's trade policies? I have two views on it. One, as an economist... It is completely stupid, and I can't believe he's listening to Peter Navarro and doing the things that he's doing. There's absolutely no empirical evidence that this is good for anybody. But from the political side, I think he's playing the long game. 
And he is voicing to our trade partners what many Americans feel, that it's not a level playing field, and we are going to hit back as opposed to just take it. Just like we were thinking with, with Vladimir Putin, what do we do when he goes into Crimea? There's nothing we can do. I talked to my colleagues about all the stealing that goes on by the Chinese of, of property rights in, in China. They, they steal everything they anything and everything they want. And my colleagues pretty much throw up their hands and say, what can we do about it? There's nothing you can do. You, you can't somehow enforce a patent and make them come here and, and do anything about it. So it's as though the Chinese can behave badly. And it hurts us if we try to fight back through these tariffs that we're using, which is true. It's not good for the economy. But I think Trump is playing the political game in that he hopes that China will get, in some sense, some bad press, and they will be forced to try to do something about their bad behavior. And the same thing would be true of, of Europe. He said today that the European Union is our foe. He meant not a military foe. He meant an economic foe, that they get together and they create tariffs and so forth, barriers that stop the U.S. from easily trading in Europe. How does this, in your view, you say political, I'm going to look at the, the, the immediate, you say long-term political. How will it play out, uh, if it plays out at all, in the November election? Are there, are there specific industries and specific states where congressional races will be won or lost over it, this issue? It's possible, but one thing that's interesting, I, uh, I always read, I, I don't want to say, that I want to read the, the other side, but I read the Brookings papers. Of course, they're on the left and I'm on the right. And the Brookings, one thing that's coming out of, of uh, Project Syndicate and so forth is the amazing uh, lack of evidence that these tariffs so far have had any effect whatsoever. And they, ca they say, just keep waiting, it's going to happen. I'm convinced as an economist, based upon all the research I've seen, that there will be negative consequences of this policy over, but maybe not between now and November. Yeah. So it could be that, that Trump, that the, the negative things will happen only after November, and Trump will have pulled this off, and he will get a political victory if the Chinese and the, and, and the Europeans begin to play what we would consider more fair. Bruno. So I tend to agree with you on, on trade. Um, I'm my, I've always said protectionism doesn't help anybody, or to the extent that it helps somebody, it helps somebody at the expense of your countrymen who then have to pay more for more stuff. Sure. And why do we want to transfer money to auto? Why are we transferring money from hotel workers to auto workers so that cars are more expensive and so on and so sure. forth? I get that. I think what's kind of interesting here is that and again, there's this you could write a book about it. There's this weird thing that Trump does as a catalyst of sorts, mm -hmm. because all of a sudden, like you, you throw an issue out there, trade. Well, he's an idiot. He's making all these stupid mistakes. He's 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 baiting Harley Davidson, an American icon. And then and then stuff comes out. And the stuff is that. Canada abuses the United States on this specific trade oh, sure thing, do. yeah. or, do, or does this. Mm -hmm. And then people, people sit there and say, hey, wait a minute. They, they think that he's stupid, and maybe he is. And no, then I don't think he's stupid. And then they way. figure out, or, or, you know, or it's a stupid policy. And then, and then something happens, and you know, <clears> this, this kind of broke, it broke that way for him with the uh, separation of the kids issue. On this trade stuff, if all these nations really are being as bad as people are saying they are, and... Trump has in his back pocket this policy that I've heard twice now. We'll just get rid of all of your tariffs. Oh, he did that. He made that offer. You get rid of you get rid of all of your tariffs. We'll get rid of all of our all of ours. Yes. I, I mean, which that, that would be that would be the cat's meow of free trade. Sure. 
Um, is there any chance he he gets to that position? No, I, I, because they they have to they have to live with their own farmers. For example, in France, if they were to remove the tariffs and, and the controls on agriculture, the farmers would take their tractors, they would drive them to downtown Paris, and they would park them. And Paris would be paralyzed until they got what they wanted. And the same thing could happen here. We're very protectionist concerning sure agriculture. Are. I don't deny You're that. You're implying that somehow we've got some special no. virtue. No, we don't have special Everybody virtue. Everybody protects agriculture. But we don't steal the way that the Chinese steal. I'm sorry. We, we don't steal property intellectual rights and property. music, intellectual yeah, property the way point. the Chinese do. Can I ask you one more question? And I brought this up. As well, the part I, I don't understand what Canada and Europe and beating on our our friends. I don't understand that part of it, but I'm told that they're doing some bad things, and maybe well, Trump is bringing some stuff. We're but pretty much Chi- in balance with, with them China. As well. yeah. we're with he, China, he's talking to his base. He's constantly talking to his That's base. He's political. not interested in international with, with, policy. With China, I don't see a single problem at all with fomenting a trade war to get China to get rid of its junkyard dog nuclear problem with sure. North Korea. I, I hear you. But it's something even with China, with uh, Canada, for example, is they, they have one purchaser when it comes to prescription drugs. So you and I have to pay so much more here because the, the, the Canadians essentially control the price in Canada. Right. And they only offer X number of dollars. Mm. And the only way that you can make enough money to justify the investment is to charge the Americans so much more. And if, they, if we could just have a more free market, it would be... Mike Miller, last word to you. Thanks very much from DePaul University. Bruno Barron from the Heartland Institute. Art Sear, the A.W. Clawson Center at Carthage College. And Doug Truax, U.S. Navy retired, West Point graduate, candidate for the U.S. Senate back in 2014 in Illinois. Thank you all for being with us. Our thanks to Dan Dorfman and Samuel Greenberg for their assistance in the production of this program. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from... Chicago. If you look hard enough, go off the beaten track far enough you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's work, weekend update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. 
Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. <laughs> 